Hey, welcome to Wednesday night Bible study as we journey through the Psalms together. Thank you for joining with us. Encourage you to uh, make this a priority. It's a great, great time for us to gather together to study God's Word. And I know it's online, uh, but uh, sit there with family or family and friends and uh, open your uh, copy of Scripture together and let's walk through the Psalms together. Remember, we're in, now in book three uh, of the Psalms. Uh, we're looking at Psalms to Asaph, or Psalms of Asaph, and a series of Psalms, and they, they have uh, the dark hues of distress that kind of paint over them, and uh, this week is no different. And turn in your copy of Scripture to Psalm 75. We're looking at uh, the call to thank God. Now, uh, that seems like an easy task. We, we know that we are a people that need to thank God. We thank God, should be thanking God because of the benefits that he's given us, that his wondrous, merciful, steadfast, never-failing love has sent Jesus to rescue us from the plight of our sin that has distanced us from himself. God sent Jesus to our rescue, and, and, and Jesus, through his death on the cross, in place of of us for our sin. His resurrection from the dead has given us an opportunity of forgiveness and acceptance. Um, and when we, by faith, turn from our sin and trust in Jesus, we walk across the bridge that Christ's cross has built into the open, welcoming arms of God. And uh, now we are part of his family. We have a reason to give thanks. We're not lost in our trespassing sin any longer. We're no longer dead but now we're alive. We're no longer blind, but now we see. We're no longer mourning, but now we're dancing because Jesus has given us life. And, and so we have reason to give thanks. But, but what about uh, when things aren't so good in your circumstance? Again, this seems to be a constant theme in the Psalms of Asaph is uh, that things aren't going well. Uh, what about you? And uh, when, when the circumstances that you're facing seem uh, to be... Uh, 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 disastrous, uh, like the hot summer sun melting an ice cream cone before you can uh, enjoy the, the delight of it. It seems like uh, the heat of circumstances is melting all our hope and resolve. Now, I don't know about you, but I've lived through those seasons. I'll live through those seasons in the future. Between here and heaven, it can be a great, great struggle when we face uh, the dark hues of difficulty and despair. And all of us face it. All of us face the, the, the challenges. Oh, what are your challenges right now? Are they, uh, are, are they uh, enormous or like boulders, like mountains? Are they like little pebbles in the, in, 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 in the creek bed? I, I, I don't know how big your struggles are. I, I've talked with some of you uh, over the last few weeks and and, and I hear the stories of your struggle and uh, the, the pain that it causes. And I just want you to know that, um, that one of the antidotes of despair is thanksgiving. What the psalmist teaches us in Psalm 75, what God teaches us in this psalm, is that, that he wants to speak into our hearts in these melting moments and and, and show us how to navigate challenging times between here and heaven through thanksgiving to him. Through thanksgiving, we find hope between here and heaven. 
through Thanksgiving. It, it reorients us. Thanksgiving reorients us uh, to the work of God. You remember in Psalm 73, we looked at how uh, the psalmist had a wrong focus. He was comparing his life, one who was seeking to be pleasing to God, with those who didn't care about God. He was focused on all that they had and all, that the, all the pleasure and the, and the fun that they were having, uh, even though they were far from God. And, 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 and that was his focus. And, and God said, and you need a different focus. And the psalmist turned his focus to God in worship. Now, I, I think that's what we need to do when we stop uh, looking at our melting moments and start looking at the majesty and the glory and the grace and the goodness of God who blesses us. And we reorient our thinking, we reorient our life. All of us need an attitude change at different times, but especially uh, when we're walking through deep, dark valleys, we need the light of God's love to shine on us. Thanksgiving sparks that light for us to see. So how do we reorient our, uh, ourselves in the midst of dark moments? Well, the first way to orient is with the psalmist. We declare that God is near and he is active. Whatever the circumstances of our life, uh, we must praise God for he is near and he is active. Look at verse 1. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your wondrous works declare that your name is is great. Your wondrous works. Um, the nearness of God is overwhelming when we turn to Him and tune our hearts to Him and turn our circumstances over to Him. The nearness of bad things is really right here in front of us, but the nearness of bad never compares to the nearness of God in delighting us. What Thanksgiving does is it, it helps us recognize the nearness of God. When we thank God for, for his nearness in hard times, we praise him uh, for that nearness. The, the very spirit of God dwells within us, uh, imparted to us uh, when we embrace Jesus as Savior and King. We were brought into God's family, and now the spirit of God leads us into an intimacy, a nearness with God. God is near, and his wondrous works declare his nearest. You realize that when we start looking for bad things, we'll see bad things. But when we start looking for God things, we'll see what God is doing. Now, are you looking for the God things in your life? That's what Thanksgiving does. Thanksgiving awakens these God things, these wondrous works that he's doing in our lives. It shows us the simple blessings of a life that God has given us by his grace, the simple blessings of a, a wife who gives me a, a kiss at night or fixes Congo squares with dessert or a, a simple blessing of, of, of the delight and the squeal of my granddaughter when she sees me or the simple blessing of walking a daughter down the aisle and into the arms of a faithful follower of Jesus and a great husband and friend. Uh, it, it, the simple blessings and, and the common blessings of rain on a hot day, uh, a, a, a roaring fire on a cold day, uh, simple common blessings of, 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 a, of a cast well made and a trout well caught. There are things that God gives us, and as we begin to focus on these God things, it makes the nearness of the bad things it doesn't make them go away. It just reminds us that God is near and God is active. As we 
thank God for his nearness and his wondrous deeds, God instills hope in us. We begin to see that this is what God is doing. This is what God is all about in my life. I can trust him even with the circumstances that aren't going so well. The nearness of God. God is near and he is active. Can I tell you that one of the enemies of nearness to God is that we have stiff-armed God ourselves. God longs to be near to us, and yet uh, in our pride, we stiff-arm him. You, you, you know James chapter 4, verse 6, where he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Then verse 7, therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he'll lift you up. Here is the key to see and be excited by the nearness of God. It is submission to him, humbling ourselves before him. Uh, confessing our sin in his presence, cleansing our hearts from that sinful focus and drawing near to God. The promise is God will draw near to us. What Thanksgiving does is it, it, it reorients our thinking uh, and looks at our circumstances, even the bad ones, through the lens of God's nearness rather than looking at, at God uh, through the lens of our circumstances, bad circumstances nearness. When we begin with God and his nearness as the filter through which we view the rest of our circumstances, then we experience hope again. Thanksgiving begins to unlock that, key, uh, unlock that door for us. So we, we declare in Thanksgiving that God is near and is, he's active. It's a reorientation of our thinking. <clears throat> the second reorientation is uh, uh, that it, uh, Thanksgiving shows us that God is our security in between here and heaven. God is our security. Um, I, I, I installed a, a lock on our front door. And the reason I installed it is because we, we weren't good with keys, and, and, uh, and so we... Uh, didn't always have a key, and so that would mean sometimes we'd leave the door unlocked and, and that kind of thing. I probably shouldn't say that, broadcast so widely, but, but that, that, that was the case. Oh, what I did in response to that was I, I installed a different kind of lock that has a code, and you punch in the code, and the door unlocks. Um, our security is in that locked door, and, and the way we access um, the, the inside of our house is uh, by knowing the code uh, that unlocks that security. Thanksgiving is a code that unlocks security for us, uh, to protect us, to provide for us. Thanksgiving uh, opens our eyes to see the God moments where he is doing great and mighty things to protect and guard us. Look at verses 2 and 3. He says, when I choose the proper time. Now, this is God speaking. Uh, the, in verse 1, it's the community speaking to God. Verses 2 and 3, it's God speaking to you and me. God says, when I choose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up its pillars firmly. All right, so a couple of things about these two verses. First, God is the one who sets the time for us to feel the warmth of his security. He's the one who is in control of all times. He, not you or I, determines the timing for his activity. 
Uh, in thanksgiving, we're saying, God, I thank you for how you worked in days past. I thank you for how you're working today. And I thank you for how you're going to work in the future. And wherever you are, God, in that right time, in the timing of your activity and the security you bring, I'm going to count on you. The, the second thing I want you to see is that it's God who uh, is uh, setting up the pillars of life. He is the only one who provides stability, and that stability provides the security. The earth and all of its inhabitants, all of its circumstances, all the bad that happens, that's going to dissolve, but God is the solid foundation. God's judgment, His, his right acting and the right timing is good news for us. It, it brings stability, not chaos. He exercises His justice on His timetable with perfect equity, regardless how wicked and proud uh, how the wicked and proud may shake the earth, God holds everything together with his wisdom and with his work. What Thanksgiving does, it, it reminds us that, God, I'm going to be thankful for you regardless of the time frame that I'm on and I want you to be on. I'm going to thank you because I know that you are the one who set the pillars in place, the pillars of the earth, but also the pillars of my life. You're the one that brings me stability. You're the solid rock upon which I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I'm depending upon you. So when we thank God, God, I thank you for how you've operated in days past. I thank you for how you're operating today. I thank you for how you will operate tomorrow. And I'm trusting in you to operate so that I find security and stability. Thanksgiving helps us open the door to security and stability in our life because it acknowledges who God is and how he is working in our lives. It, there's a reorientation. We're no longer defining how God works with the time frame that we have in place, but now we uh, declare that God is faithful even though he's not on our time frame. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. Again, it reorients our thinking, um, and it helps us with impatience because we know that God is even now, even though I don't see him working the way I want him to work, or even though I don't see him moving the way I want him to move, I have absolute confidence that he is the one who sets the pillars of my life in place. He's the one right now who gives me the security I need. Thank you, God, for that security. So uh, in Thanksgiving, we acknowledge that God is active and that he's near. And Thanksgiving, we acknowledge that God is our security in between from here to heaven. And finally, um, in Thanksgiving, we recognize that God is calling us to be humble. God is calling us to be humble. Uh, God continues to speak in verse 4 and verse 5, and he warns us about our pride. Uh, the wicked and the proud are the ones who melt the world around us, so God calls us to be humble before him. Look at verse 4. It says, your enemies roar in the midst of your meeting. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 4 is, uh, I said to the boastful, do not deal boastfully, and to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. Do not lift up your horn on high. Do not speak with a stiff neck. Stop blowing your own horn. Stop thinking that you're in control of the universe. Now, thanksgiving again, is a declaration that we are dependent upon God, not ourselves. Thanksgiving is a declaration of our dependence upon God. A declaration of our dependence upon God is the very act of humbling ourselves before Him. 
Oh, we don't blow our own horn and declare, I've got this together. God, I don't need you. No, thanksgiving dissolves that kind of pride in our life. We understand, God, if it's not going to, if, if you're not going to do it, it's not going to happen because I can't do it on my own. Um, God says to the boastful, stop boasting. Uh, you don't got this, but I've got you in the midst of this. Look at verses 6, 7, and 8. Uh, for the exaltation... For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and he exalts another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup and the wine is red. It is fully mixed and he pours it out. Surely its dregs shall all the wicked of the earth drain and drink down. Verse 6 introduces again the praise of the psalmist. And he says, uh, God... Um, uh, exaltation doesn't come from east, west, north, or south, but it comes from God. And God is the one who exalts, and God is the one who brings down. He brings judgment on those who are wicked, but he brings benefit, blessing, security, and strength to those who are humble before him. Again, when we thank God for who he is, God, you're the judge. Um, God, you're the one who exalts. God, I thank you uh, for how you are working in our world to bring about justice. Even though I can't do it, I know that you can. God is the judge, and we must humble ourselves before him. So what do we do in, in all of this process of reorientation, of, 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 of seeing God is near and active, of, of understanding that God is our security in between, of, of, of hearing God's call to to be humble, what do we do? We thank the Lord. We prepare our hearts for everyday living through thanking God. And that thanksgiving gives us an enduring hope even in the midst of challenging and chaotic times. We remain faithful. We remain humble. Uh, James chapter 4, again, uh, tells us, verse 10, he says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you. Look, when we humble ourselves before God, he lifts us up. So thank him. Look at verses 9 and 10 of Psalm 75. The psalmist says, I will declare forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked I will also cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. That's God speaking. And God's going to cut off those who uh, live in uh, radical independence from him, those who believe that they can manage life apart from him, those who, by rebellious choice, uh, determine to live without God. And God says their horn's going to be cut off, their strength is going to be cut off, the judgment is going to come for them. Uh, there is a cup, and it's filled with red wine, and the dregs the wicked will drink. That's judgment. But it's not so for us who belong to God through faith in Christ. We are recipients of his blessing. He exalts us. So give God thanks. God, I thank you that you are faithful, that you are near, that you are active. God, I thank you that you are my stability. God, I thank you. I thank you because in humility, I know that you exalt me. You lift me up. You take care of me. Today, I pray that you would have a heart filled with gratitude to God and that that thanksgiving would reorient the way you view even the melting circumstances around you.
Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we ask or imagine, according to the power that he's working in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to every generation forever and ever. Amen. God bless you.